0: Good evening, evening. welcome back to Wednesday night services, begin tonight with number 949, 949.
1: Thank you.
2: Good to be back. It's been a while since I've been up here. Um, Before we have our devotional, i have got a couple of uh, announcements. Uh, Remember to keep Becky Ferguson in our prayers. She is at home recovering from knee replacement uh, surgery last week. Also, remember to continue to keep Dean and Mary Alice Cooper in your prayers. Uh, They are struggling in health right now, and they are at St. Mary's. They've been there for a while, so remember to keep them in your prayers. Remember to add uh, Tracy Hamrick to your prayers. This is uh, the daughter of Stephen Peggy Rowe. Uh, Tracy has been diagnosed with breast cancer, so keep her in your prayers In the Rowe family. Also, remember to continue to keep uh, Rosemary Calico in your prayers. Um, this is Virginia Garlick and Margaret Wilgus' sister. Uh, she remains at St. Mary's at this time as well. Also, remember, continue to keep Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, um, as they go through their cancer treatments at this time, and also all the others who are feeling ill and battling health problems. We express our sympathy to the, to the Garlic family of passing of Frank Garlic, who passed away on Monday. <clears throat> Graveside services were conducted this afternoon. Uh, remember, continue to keep Jenny and Angie and the rest of the family in your prayers as they go through this difficult time. Also, remember to continue to remember Sandy, Miranda, and Sa, si, and your prayers are passing above last week. Um, they had a private graveside services on Monday. That's all the announcements I have this afternoon. Uh, Rick will have our devotional, and Chris will have our closing prayer. At this time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed that you've blessed us with this day this day to be, to gather around and to fellowship with one another, to learn more about your word, to be able to apply it to our lives, Lord. That way we can share your love and your light with our community, that they will see you through us, Lord. Lord, let us continue on studying your word on a daily basis. Let us understand it. Let us apply it to our, our very lives so we can grow spiritually, and, and grow stronger in you. Lord, we're thankful for this church and what it means to this community, the outreach we have on, on on helping people, Lord, in their time of need. Lord, most of all, we are so thankful for you sending your son to die on a cross for us, Lord. Lord, and this watching over us and keeping us safe, and Lord, continue to watch over us and keep us healthy. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen.
0: I was working under the assumption that this would be like a Sunday night service, since we have no Bible classes, so I've got a couple extra songs than our normal Wednesday night service, Uh, and I also have a spot in there for a scripture and prayer, which apparently we don't have tonight, since it's more like a Wednesday night service than I thought. Uh, Next song's, what? (laughs) It's Wednesday night. Next song's number 510. 510 sing the verses and just sing the chorus one time at the end well, I'm open my heart, it is not in the book. for our lesson this evening, number 200. 200, would you stand, please? invitation is uh, my only hope and it is only on the uh, screen behind me
3: I just happen to think my belt is growing <laughs> that's not that's not what the lesson's about though. um We're all familiar with the idea of karate belts. Um, I'm certainly not one to uh, speak from experience. I've never uh, entered the karate world. Uh, But we know that the various colors denote various levels of accomplishment. Uh, You start out, everybody starts out white and then you go through these various colors here and then you eventually get to black. And, And I'm thinking that there are at least levels within the black or degrees within the black, and there may be degrees of the uh, within the others as well. Uh, but we're all familiar with that. As we grow, we achieve a different level uh, of sorts in, in the world of karate. In Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12, we have this. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers, four... The equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So of those that were listed there for us, and these are ones, I think the context is Jesus uh, designated these uh, to his apostles before he left. That these would be the what we sometimes call offices or positions or uh, participants. We'll just call them participants because offices sounds awful. Organized, and we don't want to uh, go there. So, apostles, and prophets—we know those don't exist anymore. Those ended uh, after the, uh, the first century. Um, but we still have uh, pastors, uh, who we refer to as elders. Some denominations call pastors their preachers, but that's un- unbiblical. Elders, overseers, bishops, whatever—you shepherds, whatever you want to call them. Uh, those are still there. The evangelists are those who um, are secured to spend the bulk of their time teaching and preaching. And then there's the teachers. And notice in the he's there, I said, uh, it's everybody else. Now we might say, well, no, that's just those who teach. I don't know how long um, after the establishment of the churches that the Hebrew writer was writing to um, wrote this letter. But however long it was, he was upset. He was dismayed at the fact that by this time, you ought to be teachers. And he's talking to all of them. He's not talking to the leaders. He's, not talking. he's talking to the members of those congregations there. You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. They should have been teachers by now, but they weren't. For everyone who partakes only of milk is, and here's the reason why, unacquainted with the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. Sometimes we call them babes in Christ. Someone comes to us from another denomination or the uh, the non-religious world and is baptized they may know only the plan of salvation and so we could refer to them as a babe in christ some of us i think the suggestion is here stay babes at least intellectually as far as the word of righteousness is concerned but solid food is for that mature individual who because of practice they know it and they practice it and it becomes a part of them and they, as a result, have their senses trained to the point where they can distinguish between right and wrong and know the scriptural backing for that. So if we were looking at the karate belts, the novice would need the elementary principles of karate. The blacks are more mature. They know and they practice their craft. They know what they're doing. They can, they can thrive on the meat of karate. Self defense because they have achieved that level of knowledge and craftsmanship and practice in that craft. Right after that, very next chapter, a few verses later, after that uh, statement about where they currently are, he says this in chapter 6 For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you, and I'm assuming he means at least some of you have shown toward his name by having served and by still serving the saints. You, as a member of a group, serve the rest of us. Well, how do we do that? And so we desire that each one of you demonstrate that same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish, not be imitators of those who... Who, uh, but you will be imitators of those who have, through faith and endurance, uh, inherit the promise, that hope that we have. So Wednesday nights, um, about five years ago, uh, I took over from uh, Brad Poe, um, and we were studying um, Second Corinthians, and we completed Second Corinthians, and 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 based on some of the things that that. Uh, I found out that time, I said, I think we all need to go back and pick up some foundational stuff. We need to be better equipped than we currently are, all of us, myself included, to teach others. If all of us need to be teachers by this time, then we need to equip ourselves to teach. And so we started on a group of what we could call elementary principles or foundations or just solid grounding in where we needed to be so that we could communicate God's will to others. We talked about establishing authority. How do we establish authority from the Bible? What are the ways that the Bible speaks to us that we can rely on and call upon for that support that we need to say, that's what the Bible says, and here's where it says it. And we talked about C, E, and N, I. Show of hands. Anybody know what those stand for? You don't need to shout them out. We covered this. Command. Direct statement. If God wants us to know something, he tells us to do it. A direct statement or a command. E, example. He can show us what the apostles did, what the early church did, or we can infer a necessary inference based on something that he says. In order to do this, we have to do this. And I'm not going to give you examples. That's not the point of, of this, this uh, talk tonight. But we talked about how do you establish authority in the Bible. We talked about how we got the Bible. Neil Lightfoot's book we used to talk about where the Bible came from, how men through centuries de- devoted themselves to making sure that what was Written down in the first century was what we can get decade after decade, century after century. And that what we have today in the 21st century is as reliable as what they had in the third century or even the first. We took a break from those foundational things and talked about the apostles. We used MacArthur's uh, work, uh, Twelve Ordinary Men and pulled from the Scriptures about as much as you can pull from uh, on the Apostles. We pulled some from history about what history says, not as authoritative as the Bible, but at least um, possibly, and we always tried to make that distinction between what we know for sure and what here's what others tell us um, about the Apostles. These men charged with the responsibility of carrying on the work of Jesus to establish His kingdom on earth. And they did a fantastic job, and they, uh, by all accounts, lost their lives doing so. Then we went back to more foundations. And this was not so much foundation other than providing us with a way of looking at the Bible through types. And I think our our little blurb up here says, get your copies in the foyer. The copies are not in the foyer. There's a piece of paper there where you can get your copies. but this is a, a, a body of work that I put together over the course of the years and, and and then finally put it into final form. And if you weren't able to be here for those Wednesday night things and uh, sessions and you didn't follow the first part of what Chris and I did uh, online after COVID hit, um, you can get the book and, or you can ask me and I'll send you a draft uh, copy in an email. Uh, it's, just, it's just good stuff about how God has been in control from the beginning and how he has set things up in the Old Testament and mirrored in something in the New Testament. In many cases, Jesus or something about Jesus or the church um, or baptism or sacrifices or something of this sort. And he did that on purpose so that we could see those connections and it would strengthen our faith in his ability to not only... Uh, prophesy that it's going to happen, but make it happen as well. Then we've just completed the Does God Exist Today? Today was the last of the 36 uh, lessons. Uh, The last two weeks, Chris, we've been doing two at a time so that we can be wrapped up for those and uh, hoping in the near future that on Wednesday nights we can start our classes and Start on something else. This Does God exist? Uh, The elders wanted me to kind of wrap that up. And here's the only wrapping uh, wrapping I'm going to do. John Clayton was a devout atheist in his early 20s. And he set about to prove that the Bible was a hoax. Today he travels around the world, says United States. But I think he goes uh, across um, to other countries as well, defending the Bible because... In his effort to uh, show that the Bible was a hoax and had no credibility at all, he became a Christian in the process. He has degrees, uh, bachelor's and master's, and notice the the areas physics, mathematics, chemistry, psychometry, is measuring of statistics. I think, if I remember correctly, geology, I should know that, uh, geology and earth science. Okay, so what he does, he says, if the Bible contradicts science, we've got a problem. We've either got bad theology or we've got bad science. And what he does in those 36 lessons is go through a number of things to show us that, no, they support one another. In every instance, they support one another. And if anyone ever tells you that the Bible is contradicted by science, you march them straight to this website. And there are 36 videos that range 25 to 30 minutes each and he covers those topics. He talks about the beginning. He talks about uh, the, the design that's in creation. He talks about uh, that middle column there, the paranormal, demons, and, and why they existed at that time, and why they don't exist today. He talks about, over on the third column, evolution and the fossil evidence, and it's some of the most impressive information to show us that science and the Bible are just like this the last few lessons the rational God the evidence for Jesus that he talked about uh, in the ones this afternoon and then what kind of faith do you have so what are we going to do next Uh, the next effort I believe is go back to that Wednesday night class and in, in between shifting of those uh, different series that we talked about, I gave you a test. And I said, here, fill this out. And I gave you that hour and I said, take it home and finish it because my opinion, this is Rick's opinion, this is information, Bible information that every mature Christian should know. You don't have to know book, chapter and verse, but when you hear that passage, you should say, oh, yeah, that was uh, Esther when she, uh, when Mordecai said to uh, her, uh, "You might have been, you know, selected at this point for this particular time in history, so you can save the Jews." And she says, "You're right. I'll go into the king, even at the risk of my own life, because he hasn't summoned me. If I die, I die. If I die, I die." That's a passage that you say, oh, Esther, I think every mature Christian should be able to recognize something like that. And so what we're going to do on Wednesday nights is go through that list. Uh, We may go Old Testament for a couple of weeks and then flip to New, or we'll go Old Testament, New Testament, something like that, just so that it's not all, all one. And work our way through those questions. The one time that I did use that as an emergency, I think somebody couldn't show up on Sunday morning for class uh, I think Chris was having some throat issues or something and he was trying to save his voice for the, uh, for the sermon. He said, can you handle class? I said, sure. So I, I, I brought out this list of questions and I uh, put it up on the uh, overhead and we didn't get past two questions in the whole 45 minutes there because there is, there is good discussion about why these passages should stand out to us and why they give us the foundation that we need to know the Bible and to be able to talk to others about that Bible. So that's where, where we're headed and what we're going to be doing uh, next. So why? Ephesians 4 13 through 16. A while ago we looked at Ephesians 4 12, which said, and he gave some as pastors, uh, a prophet a prophets, apostles, and so forth. Now here's the why in the very next verse. So we can all attain a unity of faith and all attain the knowledge of the Son of God so that we can all be mature in the gospel. I'm using my own words here, but you can see with the ones I've underlined there. To the measure of stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Then he says, as a result, once we get there, we will no longer be children Remember that infant image we had a while ago? The infant in Christ? You're, you're still on the milk of the word. You need to move on to the meat. If we move on to the meat and they, we, were all, we are all mature, then we won't be as children tossed here and there by, by waves and every wind of doctrine and trickery of people by craftiness, deceitful scheming. There are those out there who want to put down... Us for believing in the Bible. We need to know why we believe in it and we need to be able to back it up with information that comes from the Scripture or information about this Bible that we've been talking about over the last four or five years to help prepare us. So that we can speak the truth in love, we can grow up into Him, Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. If each of us knows the word, we can grow and learn from one another that we all achieve what he is talking about here, this unity of the faith. And this causes the growth of... ...of the body, for the building up of the body in love. And that's what Ephesians 4, 13 to 16 says. We have, there are several of us uh, in here who are members of the barbershop course. And several years ago I put, oh, three or four sayings that I found in barbershop literature... ...or music uh, education literature up on the wall. And one of them is, when the individual improves the chorus improves. And that's true. And we stress that all the time. You do your homework. You go home and work on these songs and you have resources at your, at your uh, fingertips to do that and you will get better. As a result, the chorus will get better. And if all of us do our job, then we as a group will have a building up, an edification that will be unsurpassed. That will allow us, as a congregation or as individuals, to go out into the community and talk to others. I quote this passage often. Um, guess because I like it. And who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? And even if you should suffer for the sake of Christ, you're not cursed. You're blessed because you are suffering for the cause of Christ. We don't get a chance in today's world to suffer for the cause of Christ the way they suffered for the cause of Christ back in the first century. We tend to shrink from that when it's even this big and theirs was this big. Do not fear their intimidation, the world's, and do not be in dread, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Well, how do you do that? Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that lies within you. Does hope lie within you? That's the question first. I hope it does. The hope of eternal salvation. The hope of living in heaven throughout eternity. That's the hope that we have. That's why we do what we do. We need to be able to defend that hope when people try to intimidate us and try to make us feel small for being a Christian. And the world is finding new ways to do that every day. And here is how we do it, with gentleness and respect. This is scary, Matthew 20:28 20, and 30 to 32. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but are yet unable to kill the soul. That's those out there. And we are not in danger of losing our body. Yet. They were. But fear rather him, capital H, that's God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before people. that what he, He's not saying, therefore, anyone who confessed me Past tense, as a part of our being buried in baptism, yes, we do confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but that's not the confession he's talking about. Who confesses me, that's ongoing, progressive, before people, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do we have to come right out and say Jesus is a fraud to deny him? Are there other ways to deny him? By the way we live. Here's some interesting questions. When was the last time you told someone that you're a Christian? Or that you worship God on Sundays? Or that you believe the Bible is truly the inspired word of God. Or that you stood up for what you believe rather than simply keeping your mouth closed even though someone was blaspheming that which you so strongly profess to believe. I ran across this article this afternoon. I think it's a book. Uh, Do churches produce atheists? Interesting, provocative question. And his conclusion was, yeah, because we don't live. We don't do these things. And this is just one of the uh, images that it had. People had doubts about whether or not there was an an eternity or whether the Bible, uh, whether they had faith and why none what what faith do you have none was by far the most frequent answer they have not been taught how we know there is a god good questions have not been answered they have seen a lack of commitment in adults priorities have not included god and hypocrisy abounds and they and we're talking about children Young people, they don't see the importance of faith in their lives, morality. And they get, gives a couple examples there. So, what kind of belt are you? Which do you want to be? And how are you going to get there? Do you have a plan for moving on to increase your knowledge in word of God. If you don't, I'm going to suggest that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're happy with where you are. And I got a feeling that the Hebrew writer would be saying to you, I'm shocked that you're not a teacher by now. I'm shocked that you have not grown in the word of God the way you should have. I'll close with uh, 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 something that I, that I may have shared uh, with you before. When I was a uh, freshman in college, um, I had just come from Florida College, Church of, Church of Christ school, junior college down there. And uh, I was at Illinois State University, transferred to where Karen was, and uh, my parents came up with me and, and set up. We visited a local congregation and set up a way for someone to give me a ride to uh, uh, worship on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, and Wednesday nights. There was another girl over in one of the girls' dorms on the other side of campus. And so I would walk over there across campus, and we would, they would pick the both of us up. They'd drop the both of us off, and then I would walk back across campus. And I had... <laughs> I'd never been in the Army, but I had this old green Army jacket. I don't know if it was my brother's or what, um, but it was cool. I thought I was cool, you know, wearing an Army jacket in the early 70s or or late, yeah, it was 1970, spring of 1970. And if if I didn't wear that, I had an overcoat, a big coat, and as I walked across campus... Every time I read Romans 1.16, it's the power of God to salvation. I am not ashamed of it. Every time I read that passage or one of these up here and ask myself, am I able to defend and do I defend the hope that lies within me? It's a humbling experience. All of us should be capable, willing, ready, and eager to tell people who we are and why we believe what we believe. If there's anything we can do for you this evening, you know the two pieces of the invitation. I'm not going to repeat them. If you're subject to the invitation, come. We'll help you. We'll do what we can.
1: My
0: Clothing's song. <laughs> Let's end the evening with uh, uh, Heaven's Gonna Shine.
4: Let's pray. Father, you've been good to us. We're grateful for your kind care for us, Father. We see your providence and your care for us and everywhere we look, Father. We pray that you'll bless our congregation, Father. Help us to grow spiritually. Help us to grow numerically, Father. But we're thinking especially right now of growing spiritually and learning to be close to you, Father, yearning to be close to you. And we pray that 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 will be a desire that you put deep down inside of us that never goes out father that we will yearn to be close to you that we'll we'll read your word and and do the things that you would have us to do to be children of yours father just continue to watch over us bless the ones who are hurting father we have several among our family that are that are hurting father we pray that you bless the wilson family and the garlic family and the loss of their loved ones father we pray that you will just use all of us to bring glory and honor to your son. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.